just uh, strengthens you to do what needs to be done. And, uh, and so I want to share with you today on a method of prayer that can help you to get directly uh, to the throne of God. Sometimes prayer can be so tiresome because you jump from one thing to the other and you sort of uh, repeat yourself and you stay there uh, kneeling down and your knees hurt and you get up and you walk and you go back to nowhere. And so lately I've been trying to use the material that we have prepared uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 8. We're studying chapter 8. And uh, he says, A minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, uh, which he, the Lord pitched, and not man. And then verse 5, which is uh, uh, where we stop the Bible teaching, he says, Who served unto the example and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God that he was about to make the tabernacle. And he said, See, said he, that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount. Meaning, God was saying to Moses, Don't, don't, don't add anything. Do exactly as I told you. Now, one of the things that he, God told Moses is to build an altar of incense. And, of course, I never pay attention to the altar of incense. You know, it's something from the Old Testament, and, and we don't need to be worried about that. It's all it's just New Testament. But to know how God does things in the Old Testament helps us to decide and to see the personality, the character, the insights, the revelation, the power, the mental, the personality of who God is and how He thinks, how He rationalizes. And we have just a little bit. We don't have much, but have a little bit. And, and, and since we are humans, we, we, <laughs> we, we know nothing. But at least you can sort of, uh, you can sort of uh, get some information. Why an altar of incense? Why? You're building, you know, goat's hair was collected to make the curtains. Goat's hair, very, very important in building that ark. Oh, uh, uh, a lot of things came out of So the Lord knew about goats. He knew about the hair. He knew it would fit to do it. So as far as the altar of incense, he instituted, he called the golden altar. It was about uh, one and a half feet by three feet, so it, it's it's a sort of a so a feet is from here to here, okay? So it's about this much, right there, okay, all the way back here, a rectangle, and covered by gold. So they they would have to sort of uh, melt the gold and work on and make plaques and beat on them, beat on it with a little hammer. And make it all one piece. So, now it's kind of interesting that in the Old Testament there are three projects, three buildings, or three, three building projects that God 
himself gave every single detail. See, when you go to Jerusalem, as we're going to go in February uh, 23, by the way, you need to know this, we're flying to Athens, Greece, do the seven churches, and then do Israel. It's a lifetime experience, the seven churches of Revelation. So, as we get to Israel, and you look at the ruins of the Temple of Solomon, the Wailing Wall, of course, is what's left. And also the, the foundation stones as you go under under the, the, the wall of Jerusalem and the foundation wall, under the wailing wall, the foundation, you're going to see stones that are several tons as the foundation of that great temple. I mean, they were just unbelievable stones. You're talking about 50 feet by 12 feet, by 10 feet high. By width of 10 feet, by 5, 15, 10, 50 feet long. Pieces of rock that are one piece. And so as you begin to study that, and the Lord worked that out in His mind, and He told Moses, the Ark of, the Ark of Noah was one of those projects. God instituted and called every single detail. Also, the tent of the congregation, which is actually Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness. Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness, which is made out of a goat's hair. And of course, the Temple of Solomon. These are the three things that God instituted and called the shots and called the details of everything. So, in, in working the, the temple, in working the... in working... The details, specific details of the golden altar, which is the altar of incense. He, he commanded Moses to do several things. The fire that uh, came, the coals that came from the brazen altar would be put under. And on the top of the, the coals, he would then uh, provide frank incense. It's a gum resin grounded into powder. And when it burned, it, it, it is a balsam type of odor. It's associated with myrrh. Remember when the, the, the priest came to see the baby Jesus, uh, they brought frankincense and mirror. But at the altar was uh, the spices were stacked S-T-A-C-T-E Omnica and Galbanum. And, and of course these were resins that were after came out of the, the tree. The tree here is uh, referring to a Boswellia. Boswellia was a tree that produced these, these, uh, these sweet spices and many other trees brought from the east. By the way, they came from Sheba. And so camels would have to bring a lot of that, all of these spices. When the spices were taken out of the tree, it hardened. So what you have is, is rock, a piece of rock. It looks like glass. And so you have static as, as a little darker, Amnica is a, a, little, a little lighter, Galbanon is more, 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 more uh, long and long pieces. And they would have to have lots of that in those camels. Because 
the altar of the Lord required that these stones be used, these resins be used in the in this small little altar of incense. And so, I'm trying to give you an idea on how I begin to pray differently lately. And I'm trying to describe to you the altar of incense. I know I'm sort of a uh, uh, having a little time in getting my Portuguese out, but that's okay. Exodus chapter 30 verse 5 says, Put it before the, the veil by the ark of the testimony. Meaning that the location of the altar of incense is before the veil. The veil is the curtain. On the other side is the ark. On this side is a three items that we have talked about a lot. The altar of incense, the table of shoe bread, and of course uh, uh, the, the, the candelabra. I call it candlestick. The only source of light in that dark place, because there's no light whatsoever, and the, and the curtains were so heavy, no light came through. And so the candlestick brought light when the priest came in. It's light all day, half night, all day, all night long, quiet down during the day, more light during the night. And, uh, and of course, um, the altar of incense fitted right in front of the, of the, of the veil. So the location is in the middle. You have two pieces here, the veil and, and, and the altar of incense. And then, as you go into Exodus chapter 40, and I want to go there now in just, uh, for just a moment. I know, uh, I know I'm know i supposed to be marked in here, and I didn't mark. Here we go. Here we go. I marked. There, 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 here we go. If you go to Exodus 25, God then began to give Moses directions. And he says, listen guys, ask for an offering. Ask the people for an offering. Speaking to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. And uh, the offering of gold and silver and brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skin, dyed red, badger skins, chitin wood, which is acacia wood. Onyx stones for the breastplate uh, uh, and, uh, to be set on the effort, which is a, a little jacket of the priest. And uh, according to all that I show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle, the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Meaning, follow me, follow me. So I'm concentrating today on this, on this brazen, on this, uh, on this little place called the altar of incense. The altar of incense is a place that uh, the incense will rise out of it unto the presence of God. It would make, because you see, the sprinkling of blood on the curtains, on the brazen altar, was overwhelming. It's a lot of blood in the, in the sacrifices. And so the altar of incense would change that and bring a sweet aroma. All those, those stones, those resins, were sweet spices. And so when you see the sweet spice be burned before the Lord, by the way, the fire that, the coals that came out of the brazen altar would put under, and on top you put 
the sweet spices. And it would swell and give a sense of sweet. And it was an offering. It was a prayer of the people of God moving toward the heavens. The altar of incense <coughs> is a place that describes Psalm 141. Let me go again to Psalm 141. Uh, verse 2. David said, Let my prayer be set forth before you. Let me read it again. Let my prayer be set forth before you. Now what do you mean set before you? Let my prayer be, be moved toward, be remain toward, be put toward you. Meaning, meaning that my prayer be a part of the spices that move forth upon your presence. As incense. Let my prayer be set forth before you as incense. In other words, when I pray to you, God, make my prayer like incense before you. Mix my thoughts, my prayer, what I'm going to say and what I'm trying to put together before you and move toward the heavens. In the lifting of my hand. <laughs> you know, people say, well, Pentecostals, really, lifting hands. Well, God is saying here, nothing wrong with uh, lifting hands before God. It's not Pentecostal. God is, David is saying that to God. Let my prayer be set forth before you as incense in the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The evening sacrifice took place between 3 p.m. at 3 p.m. Exact the time when Jesus died. So, prayer has become our greatest weapon. Prayer has to move forward. We have to go deeper in prayer. Deeper than ever before. Why? Because <coughs> we're experiencing a country at this very moment that is approving, changing the laws of marriage. God instituted marriage and now is, is changed. There's a guy up there in, in Japan who got married this weekend with a computer. And now he found the computer. There's a woman on the computer. So he talks to her every day. And of course something went wrong this week. His wife in the computer had a glitch and she can't see her anymore. So life is just very complicated. How in the world you marry a, a hologram? So things are changing. Also, <coughs> our children are being taught that you can be a woman when you have the body of a man. So, when God instructed Moses on how to build the ark, he, he knew that he, he had to have something special. Because today, as we begin to pray, we need to understand prayer in a much deeper way. Amen. More, more to the point, more to the finality of it. More. And so, he depended on the offerings of the people of God to do that. So he's building the ark. Because see, the ark is important. God built that. God built the Noah's ark. God built the temple of Solomon. God built Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness in detail. And so this is a shadow of things that are in heaven. It is a type. 
Because in heaven, as God builds eternity, builds the, the heavens, builds the houses, He says, I'll go and prepare a place for you. All of that. We ha- he said He has in Old Testament, uh, in the New Testament, Revelation talks about the bowls of incense and the prayers and the bowls of all the people of God. And so what you see here is much more in detail in the heavens. Much more in detail in the heavenlies. Amen? And so, well, verse 22 of, of the 30th chapter of Exodus, after all these details, you know, the onyx, the breastplate, the stones, the, he talks about the cherubs. He says, make two cherubs and of pure gold. And make sure that the two chairs will be on the top of the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And the top of the lid, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, be one piece with the cherubs. So the gold in the cherubs be extended into the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I didn't quite understand that. I didn't know what it is. In other words, inside of the Ark of the Covenant, you got three things. First, you have the tablets of the law. And to us, it symbolizes our sins, what God wants us to do to follow His commandments. Also, there's manna. Manna is bread, is provision. And then you have the rod of Aaron, which is the symbol of authority. So there are three things that, that our prayer needs to concentrate as you move toward the ark. First, you lift your hands up in prayer and you pray, Oh God, I praise you. I give you glory, God. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your kindness, God. Oh Lord, I bless you, God. I, I, I send to you a sweet aroma. I sing songs, Lord, unto you. So you begin to sing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I give you glory, God. You're the creator of the heaven and the earth. I give you glory, God. Receive my prayer as sweet incense before you. You do that first. And then you move a little deeper into the Ark of the Covenant. And you say, oh God, as I go into my prayer time, Lord, I ask you to forgive my sins. Lord, I'm so sorry that I broke your law. I'm so sorry that I let you down. I'm so sorry, God, that I did that. And I thank you, God, that you are able to forgive me. And I confess your my sins before you, and I ask you to forgive me in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for His blood shed on Calvary. I thank you. He took upon Himself all my sins, and He set me free, Lord. Then after that, you say, God, I also thank you for your provision, the manna that you send me every day. Because you see, the manna is, is every day. I, 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 I have a, a ministry that depends on prayer. You know, I, <laughs> I, I received, I'm going to receive from IRS a refund. And uh, so yesterday my tooth broke down. Up front, uh, my, my, my front teeth broke down. And uh, I have to go to a dentist today. God knew that I <laughs> need to pay a lot of money to this dentist. And he provided last week a note for my accountant that I'm going to have a refund. Now think about that. God knew I'm going to break my... 
reason I broke my tooth was because I ate some hard corn. Corn nuts. It's called corn nuts. So I'm not going to eat corn nuts ever again. No. <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is to put corn nuts into a little piece of wood and crack it down and then I'll just chew it. Well, did God knew that I'm going to need money to pay the dentist today? Yes, He knew. Did God knew that I had to send money to Brazil to feed the hungry 4,000 meals a month? Yes, He did. Does God knew that uh, there will be need in prayer? Yes, He did. So He provides. And the people of God provides. You see, many of you that are listening today, you provide. You send money to RBM through our website. As you look into our website, you're going to see a little something right here. You know, it's a little square. And uh, all you do is to, you put your, your phone on the square and you take a picture. That will take you to our website that actually says how much you'd like to provide. I live with the offerings. John is paid by the offerings. Jason is paid by the offerings. Emily is paid by the offerings. Andy Hines is paid by the plus another 14, 10, 10 people, Kathy Paul, and 10, 15 people that work at the mission. And uh, Cindy Walker is paid by the offering. And of course, third is the authority. I reprimand doubt and fear. I ask you, Lord, that you lose my brother and sister from this spirit. You know, there's a woman that came here for prayer, and I reprimand the spirit of death in her. I reprimand morbidity. I reprimand spirit of anxiety, turmoil, fear. And, of course, it wasn't psychological treatment. It was the authority of Jesus Christ upon my finger saying to those spirits, you've got to get out. I reprimand you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority, no power in this office in the name of Jesus. Come out! I probably say, Rick, that's too Pentecostal, you know. Well... Or I can simply say, theologically speaking, I don't believe those things. And I just simply like to talk to you for an hour and a half. I don't have to talk about an hour and a half. I have nothing to say to this woman except the authority of Jesus. So, so the rod of error symbolizes the authority. The law symbolizes my sins. When I, when, I break my, when I sin, I have to ask for... If I broke a commandment, I have to ask forgiveness. And the man inside of that jar speaks of the provision of God. I hope you'll be getting to it. Now, on verse 22, chapter 30 of, uh, of, uh, of Exodus, then God says to Moses, I think that's what it is. I think I'm in the wrong scripture, so let me go back. Exodus 25, amen? Exodus 25, let me go there. And then it says, Says, I'll read a little bit so you can understand. Look at this verse. It's an important verse. And made one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubs on the two ends thereof. Well, so that's King James. I understand. The same gold that made the cherub made the, made the, made the, made, made the lid. The same gold. One piece of gold goes from the lid into the cherub. And then he says, And you shall put the mercy seat above upon the ark. You shall put the, put the testimony, the Ten Commandments, 
inside in, in the other items. And then verse 22, God says to Moses, And there I will meet with you. And there I'll meet with you. And there, 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 there. Right there. Right close to the two chapters. I'll meet with you. So what does that mean? It simply means that he know, God knows what holiness is. He recognizes the Ark of the Covenant. He built himself in specific orders the Ark of the Covenant. And inside of the Ark of the Covenant are three items. <coughs> that unless you go through them and you pray and you seek the Lord. Remember in the beginning of this Bible study I was trying to tell you. I didn't ask you guys to talk. So let's spend the five minutes talking. Amen. I forgot about you asking you because they're all sitting down looking at me and taking a nap. So, 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 Andy, and there I'll meet with you and I will commune with you above the mercy seat. What does that mean? That would be the point when you're in the, when you're in the Holy of Holies, I would assume, and that you're, you've done what you said about worship and, and prayer and that you're engaging the Lord. Yes. In conversation and yes, 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 yes. You, you, you. In other words, God said, "I'll meet you where there is my cherubs." Now, cherubs. How many? How many cherubs are in the presence of God above the throne? Twenty-four. Four. Four. That's what I said. Four. They're about nine feet high. The wings that are up are connected to the next wings of the other. There's one cherub here in this, in this, in this hand, okay? In this hand right here is connected to the other. So it goes like this. Two of the wings, they cover their feet. And the four of them move left and right at the speed of light above the throne. So God in His throne he is actually asking Moses to bring to his environment where he lives. God is in heaven, and there are four large cherubs that are powerful. They don't, the feet don't move them. The spirit moves them. They were looking for direction. If you study this in Ezekiel, you're going to see that the, the four cherubs are nine feet tall. They're large. God, this is to God's environment. The, the, the legs don't move them. The spirit moves them. And so, when you are in the presence of God, God says to... God did, didn't explain this to Moses. Later on, this is explained. So, he told Moses at the beginning on Exodus 25. He said, listen, I'll meet you there because I know those cherubs. They live with me. I, 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 they're holy angels of God. And they, they, they love me. They care for me. They're in my presence. I'll meet you there because I know those two chairs. So the reason why God put the two chairs on top of the ark is because four of them live with Him forever. They are. They are the presence of... If you study Ezekiel, you're going to find that these four angels are powerful angels. The, the presence of God in the, the fire. They're the ones who take the coal from the altar and burn the mouth of Isaiah. Prayer then has to have a, a, a depth. What do you think of this, John? Well, it's, it's wonderful to relate something like this to the concept of prayer.
because the the Christian today, you know, we don't have an ark. We're not going into the tabernacle. So what in the world does this have to do with us today? Yeah. Well, I mean, it shows the heart of God that he wants, desires to commune with us. And even long ago, before Jesus, he was trying to create a precedent for that there is a possibility to have a communion with God. Yes. Yeah, that's very powerful to me. Yes, yes. Okay, how about, uh, how about Emily? Do you have anything you want to say to that? No. How about Jason? Yeah, I think it's an important that you see all the things that they went through to get to the mercy seat. Yes. Because a lot of times we get prayer and we, we say, uh, well, I say all the things. I, I do all these things to get it all through. And then, well, does God really meet with me? Do I, do I, hear, do yes. I hear him? Yes. And God's saying, yeah, get, get through yes. all your stuff <laughs> and then listen to me. Be well, in my presence. Yes. Yes. How about uh, how about uh, Blake? You you there, Blake? You have a microphone. You don't have you don't have a microphone. So Andy, when I come into the presence of God, you need to pray and visualize your prayer as an incense going above God. Does that explain? If you know that, you got it. Your prayer is an incense before God. It's not, Heavenly Father, thank you for this, to take a nap. No. You begin to pray, and you want to see your prayer rises. Amen. You want to see your prayer moving forward. You want to see, you want to know that your prayer is moving forward. Okay? It's moving forward. It's moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up. Then after that, you, uh, you say, God, I approach your holiness, Lord. Because what God said to Moses, I will be there. I'll meet you there. So when he said, I'll meet you there, it means he was somewhere else? I think it means that Moses was somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. And he made those cherubs because... He loves cherubs. He lives with four of them, the most powerful cherubs in the face of the earth. And then your prayer has to cover three areas. Which which areas are those, Jason? Uh, the manna. Uh, the the provision. Mercy. Yeah, provision, mercy, and authority. That's right. Oh, I have a question. Um, was the manna actual manna that they're talking about? Because I know when the when the Israelis got manna, the next if they tried to hoard it, it, it rotted and went away. So I'm curious: is was what is it that's actually in there? Well, God God uh, God made the ark and told to put manna there, so God can. And also, no, no, I answer you a question. The rod of Aaron budded, didn't it? How can a piece of wood that's three, a, hundred, a year old budded flower, flower, flowers 
inside of the Ark of the Covenant, without water, without light. So if that happened to the bu- to the to the to the rod, it, it happened to the bread. That's my answer. In other words, I love to see the Lord providing, giving authority. Now, I want to close to say to you, if I don't live, if I don't exercise these four areas, these three areas in my life, I can't do nothing to serve the Lord. The first thing I have to do is to say, God, forgive my sins. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Have mercy upon my life. Number two, God, Heavenly Father, continue to provide so I can preach the gospel all over the world. Number three, give me unction, authority, power. Don't leave me alone inside of that pulpit with all those people looking at me, God. Use me for your glory and honor. Give me authority. Good to be with you. We'll see you tomorrow.